This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Always fun, crazy. It's painful, but it's wonderful. What is the name? It's Roycey Unchained. All right, here was the premise, Judd. Yes, sir. I send this ballot out to you. Which team, at this moment, and we're only talking about the big four, I'm sure you all have Lynx Fever, and United Fever, and Saints Fever, and all that other good stuff. Uh, and, uh, by the way, Wolves E team, did you see we made a big trade? The Wolves uh, E team, we made a big trade. The, the we, E team? The E yeah, team. I, saw, I saw the release. We, I didn't we, we fail to read in, it. We brought in uh, Junior Martinez, and we mm. traded Kachiko. Oh, and no. I was very upset. I thought we gave up too much, but uh, Kachiko anyway. was a fan favorite. When, when do they start playing, or are they already playing? I, what is it even? It's it's an E-League, and they got a big <laughs> studio there where you can go and watch them play. Really? Yes, right. Okay. Uh, it's got to be starting here pretty soon. Which team at this moment has the best foundation for success between now and the end of the 2001-2 seasons? I was going to go 2001-2001 season. But uh, which was Cousins' contract, but I didn't think that gave us a long enough out. So uh, 2001, 2002. Of the four, and this is an order of uh, possible success, a foundation for success. Judd had Twins, Vikings, Wolves, Wild. Mm -hmm. Manny had Twins, Vikings, Wolves, Wild. (laughs) I had... Vikings, Twins, Wild Wolves. I uh, mixed it up. I mixed it up a little bit. But the winning, uh, the winning uh, system here was the Wild are fourth, the Wolves are third, the Twins are uh, the Vikings are second, the Twins are first. So here's what we're going to do on Racy Unchained. We're going to have roughly a ten minute discussion on each team. And I'm going to have you two guys explain your utter pessimism about the wild. Why are you so pessimistic, John? Uh, because, well, there's lots of reasons why I'm pessimistic about the wild, but I think it starts with this. You are still in the midst of and stuck with Osuda and Parisi 13-year, $98 million contracts. And while the cap is going up and you have a little bit more room than you used to, I feel like you've got two players that you are paying like superstars who are now getting on in their careers and certainly aren't there. 
Uh, also, if you've watched the Western Conference playoffs, you see uh, guys like Nathan McKinnon with the Avalanche, and you see the Blues and all of these teams, and they have simply put better top-line players, upper echelon guys, than you do. And so unless Paul Fenton, the new GM, can pull off some type of miracle, I feel the Wild is in a in a spot where there's not a lot of room to get better in a small time period. How uh, upset should we be about the trade? You wanted the trades. How how upset should we be about the bounty that they received in the trades for uh, Coyle, Niederreiter, and Granlin? The Niederreiter trade's a complete bust. And why did they he didn't do that? Get enough. Why did he do that? Why did he make that trade? That's I, all he could get. Why? I think that he was he was desperate to break up that group, which is which was Nino Coyle. Um, Zucker, who he tried to trade but couldn't, yeah. I think, and I think the perception by and Fenton Granlund. and Granlund, I think the perception by Fenton was that that amounted to what you guys used to call the fun bunch with the twins. Okay, and so I think he was trying to break the, those up. But Victor Rask, it wasn't can't a skate. fun bunch, though. I mean, no, like, but Nino's they were, the most boring guy that ever lived. But but you're saying as far as the they just core. they just pretty much weren't motivating each other to be better Correct. type of thing. Absolutely. Granlin, quiet. Nino, quiet. Doyle, I don't know what the end deal was. And Granlin's a fantastic player on the big ice, but we we saw it with uh, the Predators in the playoffs. He gets to those, and he can be good, and at times has been, but he he disappears. The Nashville trade doesn't bug me. The Coyle trade, I think, is a good trade, because now now you've got Donato, who is willing to shoot the puck, and a fourth-round pick. And Coyle is good in Boston, but guess what? He's also being used correctly with a roster that's superior to yours. He's on what the third line there. He's been yeah, and so and he's been good, and that's fine. But back here, he's not going to be. The Nino trade's a terrible trade. Victor Ass can't skate, so they basically got a guy that can't play. Who was the guy they got years ago to help make the playoffs uh, when uh, got him from Edmonton? Cam Barker. Oh God! Is that is that oh. our ass skates like Cam Barker? No, that's the guy they got from Chicago. Oh, oh the Nick Letty trade, oh, right? Nick, yes, that yeah. was awful. Yes, who did they give up for? Nick Letty. Oh, that man. was why oh, people Letty, always have right. lamented him being gone. And that was basically the ownership. Was that was Leopold's first year? Maybe. No, I don't. Leopold want to make the playoffs. I don't remember. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, it might have been. Yeah, I think it's Leopold so long ago now. It, I think it might have been. I think so. Get well, us a defenseman. But the gr- the greatest trade of all time was when Risebrow at the deadline went and got Chris Simon, car- oh, yeah. career Leadership. goon, career goon to help in the room because yes. he thought it would help. And I, re- you know what, I always remember is the playoffs of that year, that montage they put up in the press box on the wall, yeah. and they had a quote. An inspirational quote from Chris Simon. Remember that? The guy who did nothing. Well, Come on, we're all in this together or something. Didn't he get incarcerated at one point for some, or charged for a hit? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. yeah. They tried to put him in jail. That didn't work out so well. You know, none of those, uh, uh, to bring them up, as you as we're talking about it, when have they made that move beyond Doobie? When they went and got Doobie, and that wasn't a deadline trade. That was uh, during the season. They were right? desperate for goaltender. Yeah, but that was like in January. But when have yeah. they made that last-ditch effort to help the uh, to help the team make a help, run? To help the team make the run have it, and have it work out. It didn't. Martin Hansel, it backfired, <laughs> no, it backfired magnificently. No, but I mean, you, Simon was one of those. Oh, no, those it doesn't guys. work. It doesn't work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the last time that they made a deadline deal 
hoping to make a playoff push, and it worked out. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. No, I think you're right. Those deals, uh, but the you know the NHL is like they got 25 trades always at deadline day because yeah, you gotta. But hey, you know you what? Gotta, you gotta tell the fans you're trying to you make. You know the what? Team. For Boston's purposes, the coil trade works out perfectly, and yes. I think it's a smart trade. But it's uh, uh, conversely, I think it's a smart trade for the, the Wild because Donato will shoot the puck, and he's plays far more aggressive than Coil ever liked to. In retrospect, the Brent Burns trade didn't work out too well, right? No. You got uh, him De- and Devin Setaguchi. Who, 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 by the way, everybody said he's kind of a jackass, and yeah. then he came here and was kind of a jackass. I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think they had vetted fully the fact that he had a substance abuse problem at the time. And so they got Setaguchi. They got a first-round pick that they used on a kid named Zach Phillips, who unfortunately, his one shortcoming, skate, right? he, he couldn't skate he much like slow, Rask. Right? I think he could skate. He just did it slowly. And the tri- right? and Coyle. Well, yeah. yeah well, yes. Okay. Yeah, he could stand up on blades. <laughs> he was good. He was, you know, he, he did it slowly. How about you, man? You got the wild fourth. You got the wild yeah. least likely to have success <laughs> in the next three years. Well, I think the, their biggest issue right now is... Aside from the Parisian Suter contracts, is they don't who's the, who's their star of the future going to be right now? The, I mean, they they the need kid a star. From, the kid from Russia, if he comes and there's if a, he comes and there's, over. and there's skepticism about that that Kaprizov. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, yes. there's, there's there's no and and this is actually the one reason I put the Wolves ahead of them slightly, very slightly ahead of them is with the Wolves at least you have Carl Anthony Towns. You've got bad contracts yeah. and you've got. A history of bad moves and decisions and everything, but you've got Cat that at least if you make a couple of nice moves, it can springboard you in the right direction. The Wild, I just I like the idea. I like what Paul Fenton did at the trade deadline, but I don't know where they're going, and I don't know how long it's going to take for them to sort of get out of this. Well, the reason I put them ahead of the Wolves is a it's hockey, and uh, you <laughs> you know by the at the end of every season. There's a a gang fight for that last couple of playoff spots. Everybody has the same number. And if they had Dumba this year, they would have been in the playoffs, right? And Dumba's probably their best player. Uh, And so he's their star. Now, superstar, here's their problem. They came in uh, 2000 and never had one, right? Yes. Never had one. Yes. And uh, and were never bad enough to get no. themselves in a position to draft one. No, but it doesn't even have to be that way. Now, who's this kid that uh, that got a couple of goals for San Jose last night? Or Meyer. Who's he? They these other clubs get guys who do stuff, right? I, but I, they haven't done that either. No. So they haven't drafted particularly well for a long time. No. And uh, but. We always think they did, right? That's I mean, we always but we, we're but always you talk for that. you talk about a draft in which you have no clue what a team did. Hockey is the <laughs> top one. You got no clue. I guess the reason I'm uh, saying that they have a, a brighter future than the Timberwolves is that it's so much easier to get in the mix in hockey to make the playoffs, and then. You can be the Columbus Blue Jackets or you can be the Carolina Hurricanes and beat a couple of teams once you get in the playoffs. And when they get Dumba back, they're probably a playoff team again. Now, here's the deal on Suter and Parisi. Uh, when are they? Is it still 13 a year? Because uh, it goes down eventually, right? The yeah. cap hit? Uh, the contracts do, yes. I mean, it, uh, it was. Yes. Uh, yes. They go down eventually. But. 
I contend. But we're halfway I, through. I know as far as winning and losing, mm-hmm. uh, right now it might not look good, but it was the greatest thing that this franchise ever did because they were they they're going to have some empty seats this time this time around because uh, I know ticket groups. I know guys who've you know had four families that had tickets and they split them up and and uh, all those outfits remind me of the twins although it happened much earlier but they had those four family groups buying season tickets and by about year four they had two and uh, the wolves have i mean the wild has finally gotten to the fact that uh you know the the guy who organized the group is now out looking for new partners because they you know half of them are bailing and uh so they're gonna go down go downhill they're going to, you know, you're still going to probably have 17, but uh, they they would have been down to 12 or 13 if they hadn't made oh, that deal yeah. on July 4th, 2012. You, mean, did, you came in and did a special show. Yes, you and I Mr. came in Puck. on a Saturday. We were so excited. <laughs> no, it was, we a week, stand it. it was a weekday. No, it was a Saturday. Oh, I thought it was just a weekday. It was a Saturday. Anyway, it was July 4th. It was July, That's what it was. It was July 4th, 2012. 4th. Mm. But anyway, that, yes. That day maybe was, it was a weekday, but it was July fourth. That, that that day, I believe, was the best free agency day in the history of the state because we felt for one day like we were the Yankees. Yes, right. So I'm not putting it down. I'm just saying now it leaves you a bit stuck because they signed contracts that you can't even sign now because those contracts were so outlandish. Number four, future success being the next three years. Did I step on something? I'm gonna hit that button there. <laughs> hey! Hey! It, the, the topic became so hot that the table. I got a question. Oh, did you? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. You how almost I have to leave it. this in. I don't know how. This I studio is so up to date. The table raised, and you I would like okay, you to know. All right, you can stop it. I got a question for Woo. you, Manny. How tall do you have to be to use the top one? <laughs> Are we waiting for Randy Brewer to host a show here? Or what? It might anyway, be the cat. I promise the cat you, you're not the first anyway, person that's done that in the got, studio. By we got the, way. the wild number four. Okay. The wild least likely for, uh, <laughs> and we're not talking about championships here. We're talking about significant success, right. you know, yeah. playoff run, be in the play. In baseball, it's be in the playoffs, not not a playoff run. Mm-hmm. But, okay, number three, uh, you guys both have the Wolves. Go ahead, uh, Manny. Explain to me why you don't think the Wolves are the worst team in this market, uh, worst of the big four. It's two things. It's Gerson Rosas. I believe in Gerson Rosas, and I think Carl Anthony Towns is one of the – 10 or 12 best players in the NBA, and I think if you have that, you have something going for you. And and I think Rosas will be savvy enough to make a couple of moves to not completely clear them out of this financial hole that they're in by being stuck in, you know, with the Wiggins and the Gorgie Jang contracts, but I I believe that he will take some of the trade secrets that he learned from Daryl Morey in Houston and bring them here and put them in the right direction are you a big maury fan yeah i mean well massive ego yeah uh, he's he's got he's got quite the ego but you know what he's he's put together a team that basically would have probably have a couple championships now if not for the golden state warriors but you look at that team and they have harden and paul and you know i like the center 
but they don't have much. They got a bunch of guys off the street, and I don't, yeah. you know, I, I'm not sure that's built for success. I'm I not think sure that I think they're, you know, I think they're on the, you know, they're gonna they're on the edge of this was their last shot. I yeah, think. they yeah. they put together a team over the last couple of years to to win right now, and mm-hmm. now the problem that they're gonna have is, you know, Chris Paul is not getting younger and he's no. not nearly the same player he once was a couple of years ago and he's going to be 37 38 years and old and making Hard- 40 million dollars a year. Plus Harden's played 38 to 40 hard minutes every game for uh, several years and had the ball in his hand for about two thirds of each one of those games. So <laughs> but I don't I don't think he's going to Rosas. I don't think he's going to try and build this team to look exactly like the Houston Rockets. I think he's going to try and maximize the players that he has try like hell to get something out of Andrew Wiggins to try and at least give him to give a damn or something. Um, but I think having Carl Anthony Towns in place is, is going to have them in a, in a good position provided that Rosas can maximize him and the guys around him. What would you do to give up Wiggins? What would, I mean, to get rid of Wiggins, what would you do? Would you, uh, I would send, would a, you trade a number one for a number two, a couple of twos? I to would get rid of him. Start would, with your firstborn and go from yeah. there. <laughs> no, I would, I would give up a first round pick, but it needs to be protected. There needs to be some sort of protection on it. Or, it's like this, like, you if know, if you're this, picking sixth and somebody else is picking 19th, would you just flip them? It would depend on the draft. Mm-hmm. If it were this draft, I would maybe think about it because outside of Zion, I mean, there's not really a sure thing in this draft, I don't think. But, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it is one of those things you have to be very, very careful with because this team needs this team needs to bring in more talent and they need more cheap talent because they, they don't have any yeah, money right. to spend. Yes. So, How about you? I agree with Manny on the second part, which is Cat is a superstar. The Wild doesn't have that player. The Wolves do. The Rosas thing, the only thing that I'm willing to go down that path on is I like the fact that the Wolves seem to have done what the Twins did, which was try and embrace something that's new and different. And a person that looks at basketball more 2019 instead of 2010 Um but basically it comes down to the fact that this team has a superstar that it can build around. The only problem is Rosas, like everybody else, I think is going to come in here and be uh, convinced that he can turn Wiggy around, which I don't know is possible. And so I, th- I think that I'm, could be a problem. I'm wondering if he's going to think that or know that he has to try it, you know. He might mm-hmm. not well, think knows? it, but he's gonna. Well, and that comes back you to the head coach it. too. Because, I think he'll try yes. because Ryan's going to get the job, and Rosas is going to make it sound like it's his decision. And the reality is, he was almost certainly told, "We'll talk to you, but you have to accept the fact I that Ryan's on the show." I did find it interesting that uh, we were still attempting to make it a mystery as to who the coach was going to be, and yet we read that they met for three uh, several what? hours a day for three days. Why are we bothering with this? Why would you? Why, why, didn't would, why would you spend 15 hours over a three-day period meeting with a guy if he's not going to be your coach? I have no idea. Right. No, and you wouldn't. And that is the main reason that I would say the Wild have a uh, better future than the Wolves over the next three years because uh, they are making the – you know, here's uh, – when Falby and Levine were made to keep Molitor – they 
probably were not happy about it. In fact, they proved it because they, they got rid of them as soon as they could. But they at least knew they were getting a competent big league brain, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they were getting a, you know, mm-hmm. a guy who knew his baseball. Yeah. And I think that uh, Rosas, Rosas is being made to keep a young man who certainly has the upbringing. But uh, one, one thing you need in the NBA is a presence as an NBA coach. You need a presence of some kind. I don't think the kid's got a presence. I don't think, I think, you know, the worst thing that you can tell me is that Cat loves him. Do you think he That grows- means he gets away with murder. That means Cat can do anything he wants to. Do, do you think Ryan grows into that presence, or do you think he doesn't have a presence as a person and therefore it's a problem perpetually? Oh, he might. I, I don't know. Uh, he might grow into it, certainly. I, I don't know. You know, I, I like him. He's a good enough kid. But uh, the idea that, uh, you know, I've always thought that even in the NBA, a hiring, you know, a coach who – LeBron's a little different than – than Cat. LeBron's playing a hard ass basketball game is LeBron's <laughs> life. Cat's <laughs> eh, got a bad cat's got a varied life. You know? And uh I, I think Cat's certainly a talented guy and he played great for Ryan down the stretch, but I just don't I don't see I don't see Ryan Saunders attracting Assistant coaches, they're going to be committed to coming in here and getting, uh, you know, the best out of Wiggins, whatever that might be. And I, I just, I, I think that, uh, I think they're the same old wolves. I, you know, just anything they can screw up, they will screw up. The, the and, biggest... and this guy is, I'm certainly more optimistic. Than I was with David Kahn. <laughs> yes, who you knew was screwy from the get-go. But uh, I, I got to tell you, collaboration does nothing for me. I don't care if he gave Cheryl Reeve a piece of pizza or not. Or whatever what type of pizza is. was it? Do we know? I don't know. I don't know. I had. To I point, mean, was it good stuff? You know, a lot of collaboration. He was getting applauded the well. like one day at the office because, A, he went over and visited the links, and, B... He uh, brought pizza for the office, and Tibbs never did that. So this is showing, what the hell do we care if he gets along with the ticket office? Who cares? Ethan Casson, the president Who of the cares? team, he's I the know. guy that cares. I know. But, and he's the guy that wanted to you know, hire this guy. Who gives a damn? But you know what, what this is really all about, though, Pat. He's, he's the opposite of Tibbs. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah, that's, it is. That's, that's, that's well, the even if he isn't, aside he's from his basketball to, acumen, he's he's the to, opposite of Tibbs. To too. get the job, he had to say, "Okay, I'll be the opposite of Tibbs." You know, he might think it's ridiculous that he's got to go over and watch Lynx practice too, but they want him to do that because four people sent emails saying we think Cheryl should be the coach because she managed to win with the best player in the world. Well, your guy but, uh, yeah, that was uh, good. But as I pointed out to Manny, I love, I love something discussed, I, as, as I pointed out to Manny, <laughs> yeah, you know the ride with Ricey, yeah, one of the most collaborative a, things. A of fine all show, time. in my opinion. First mm-hmm. of all, a lot of fun. The women's station, much like the Lynx, was right next door. Right, yep. you got the Wolves court and the Lynx court. Yep. Here we got 
uh, what used to be 1500 ESPN, or were we ESPN 1500? 1500 ESPN. Yep, you got it right. And next door, we got my talk. Yep. And my talk, winning championships, us not, right? The, like the links, sort of almost an identical situation. <laughs> Who was our Andrew Wiggins? I was, I, who paid more attention to the, I went over, I brought him donuts. I was yeah. the nicest collaborative guy of all time. Mm -hmm. And as far as the product was concerned, Manny and Reavers and I, we were collaborative as could be. Mm -hmm. Manny fun. said something, time. he said, I said, hell yes, who cares? Let's do it that way, Manny. <laughs> so, you were the anti-tips. Anyway, and good, look what good that does, you know, we're, we got fired. So anyway, <laughs> anyway. So, I, collabor so is the lesson here, collaboration doesn't work? And all that other crap means nothing. Means nothing. One thing I will be looking forward for, though, as far as Andrew Wiggins is concerned, is is somebody going to hold him accountable? Yes. When he dribbles the air out of the ball, yes. lets the shot clock get down to two seconds and throws up a 19-foot jumper. And is, somebody, is Ryan is, Saunders going to yeah. hold him accountable? Is Ryan Saunders going to say, nope, Andrew, we're not going to do that. Go and, sit and on the And I'll bench. say one of Tibbs' great weakness was, at least publicly, he never challenged him. Yep. He, he always defended him. He always yeah. made excuses Every for time. Him. Mm -hmm. Probably made excuses for him because he gave him $140 million and uh, figured that he had to. But anyway, I got the Wolves still. Being, I think uh, I got the Wolves, Wolves because it's the NBA yep. and because it's the Wolves. <laughs> I still have them as the uh, most unlikely local team to experience success between now and 2022. And Patrick, I think you said this last week on Unchained, but I think it's exactly right, too. I think Rosas is at an age now where he said, I need to take a job. Yes. Because if you walk in that door and you're told... Ryan Saunders is your head coach. If you're a real up and comer, five you, years ago you turn was, around and walk five out. Five years ago, he could say, "I'm not going to sit and listen to Mark Cuban's bull crap Correct. every day." But <laughs> now you got to say, "Well, I'm 40, 40 now, and if I don't get this job, you know what was interesting though when the Philly job was open, the GM job, uh, he was being interviewed, and Woj had a piece about how what a good relationship he had with Thibodeau." Really? Just saying that he could bring him in as coach, perhaps, if he if he got the Philly job. So now I've reached out to Coach Tibbs to see if that's accurate, and have not received a response. So, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense because when Rosas was with Houston in the early 2000s, when Van Gundy was yeah, coaching there, I think Tibbs, Tibbs, was, there. Tibbs was on Tibbs Van Gundy's staff. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's it, right. it, what he said is he has a very good relationship with Van Gundy and Thibodeau, hmm. Van Gundy. So anyway. Number two, mm -hmm. Vikings. You got the Vikings behind the Twins on the list of most likely to succeed between uh, now and 2021-22. I think I said 2001-2. I knew what you were saying. I mean, 2002-22. Don't worry about it. Yeah. The world is passing by rapidly. Yeah, each day goes by quick, <laughs> okay. quicker and quicker. Yeah. I, I did that because... One Cousins is signed for two more years. You can't touch that contract. There's nothing that can be done. You're stuck if it doesn't work. If it doesn't work in 2019, I think Spielman and Zimmer are in big trouble. They picked up their extensions through 2020, but that means nothing. And and if things don't work out, and this is not a playoff team in 2019, I think there's a chance both those guys get blown out. And if they get blown out, you got Zim. You got to no both of them. Okay, I think Spielman Zim. and Zimmer might both get okay. blown out. And if they both do, you've got a problem. And if just Spielman gets blown out, you've got a problem then because you go get a GM and tell him who his coach is going to be. 
Uh, so I think that while I would not be shocked to see the Vikings rebound in 2019 and make the playoffs, if they don't, the uncertainty makes me put them second on that list. I have a question, and uh, before Manny gives his explanation, yes. I have a question that you can both answer. Do you think it was Zim's idea to give Kubiak uh, basically control of the offense? I think he loved the idea. Do you really? I don't think yeah. he has any interest. Really? And, and I, Do I, they have any relationship in the past? Not that I'm aware I don't of. Think so. They were never. But you know what he staff. can do? Mm-mm. He can hold Kirk's hand. Zimmer hates. Kubiak, okay. Yeah. Zimmer hates quarterbacks <laughs> yeah. and kickers. Yes. Okay. And and I think if you if you got him full of wine, which is not hard, mm-hmm. I think that he would admit to you, I want to coach defense. Mm-hmm. And if I got to get up on Saturday in the Hilton Hotel and give the rah rah, that's fine. But I don't think this guy has any interest in offense and special teams driving crazy. Yeah, I think that when you look at 2017. Zimmer had Pat Shermer running that offense, and Zimmer knew he didn't have to worry about anything. He could just focus on the defense, and Pat Shermer's got the offense, and everything's fine. When Pat Shermer goes on, takes the New York Giants job, enter John Filippo, get halfway through the season, the offense is sputtering, and now Zimmer's thinking, the offense, i got to worry about the offense. We need to run the ball more. Filippo needs to do more of this. And then it just, I, I don't think that Mike Zimmer likes being in that situation where he has to Actually, put his you fingerprints know what this was? on the offense. That was his plan from day one with Norv. He yeah, hired yeah. Norv immediately yep. because he had no interest in coaching offense. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Now, when did he realize that he screwed up on <laughs> D. Filippo? Oh, I think early on. Do you? I think. Yeah. Er- I think when Cousins failed enough, and he didn't see them adjust to help him at all. Yes, I think. I think the fact that that. Their problem is they became enamored with the guy who they perceived beat their great defense in Philadelphia, yes. and and that guy took the job that thinking Rudolph is my star tight end and this is all going to work, and when they saw them not adjust and run more, I think he realized, oh crap, I'm going to have to help out here, and I don't think he's got the capability or patience. Well, let me say this. Uh, I know that most Viking Ass kissers are not listening to this podcast because they're listening to Chief Ass Kisser over at uh, the uh, Big FM Juggernaut, uh, or you know, hours and hours of that. I don't know who you're talking listening about. in the afternoon, the morning show, and then the the next morning <laughs> show. Uh, but uh, the uh, the deal here is that Zim. Has pan- Zim get panicked? You now I know you panic too, but that's because you're the panic on Homer and Panic. But Homer and Panic and Homer. what am I going to come up with the other? Uh, well, he's a Homer too. Rami, Homer and Homer. Yeah, Homer and Homer and Panic and who the hell's this guy? That's uh, what, <laughs> that's what we're going to call it. Anyway, Zim, you know. Zim screwed up last year when he got rid of the kicker, and then he spent all year looking for the kicker. Zim is a panic guy, too, and that's one of their big uh, problems is Zim. Zim takes it personally when a team plays. You think you know, Belichick, they'll, they'll be two and two and have two stinkers, you know? Mm-hmm. You think he goes, changes everything? Well, last he, year, remember last year they got... They got their butts whipped in Jacksonville. Remember yes, that game? Yeah. And then that was early in the season, and they yes. were like one and two or 
something like that. They do that. They didn't I, panic I don't at know. All. Zim is. It's, it's astounding to me that we decided we uh, we love Zim. I I just don't understand it. He panics on I, things. I like him, but it, I mean, it just how he he panics on things he doesn't know how to fix. If the but, defense struggles, he actually can fix it, and so he doesn't panic. He panics on offense and special teams. Here Qu- quarterbacks and kickers. Here's what I want to say about Viking ass kickers, kissers, though. Go back and look at yourselves from last year uh, at this time, all summer, when you all summer and uh, as a run-up to the season, you were worried. You knew those times you went on social media – those times you commented and said, well, we're only going to have Filippo for one year because he's going to be a head coach someplace, but it's still a good deal. Let's take advantage of Look at yourself. Go look in the mirror and remember what an idiot you were for jumping to those conclusions that, boy, how lucky could we be that we hired this guy, right? And now we got Kubiak's kid and Stefanski and the whole thing, and we're fine now because we got Kubiak. And uh, we don't know. Let's wait. No, we don't. Okay. <laughs> All right. Manny, Viking. Why the Vikings are number two for me? <laughs> There's not much left meat on no, that bone now for no. Manny. Well, I, I got him number one, yeah. by the way. <laughs> um, I, I have them number two because... They put themselves in a very weird financial situation with the Cousins contract and then bringing back Barr. And and then we had the Rudolph talk and all of that stuff. But I have them at number two because it is the NFL. And if you can find a way to get into the playoffs and get hot. And I said this even last year when the Vikings were struggling in the middle of the season, that if Kirk Cousins can get hot and they go into the playoffs, and they've got a chance to go on a run. Now, of course, he he completely fizzled out at the end of the season, so it didn't matter. But it is one of those things where if you are 7-6 and and things are looking rough and crazy, if you catch fire at the right time, that can propel you all the way to the Super Bowl and go on a run. So while I'm not overly optimistic about 2019 with this team, I know that if something – goes in the right direction for them, it can springboard them into success. And, and here's the reason I got them number one, because the NFL is, uh, you know, if you start off 3-0, and 4-0, and uh, all of a sudden you can have a real good year. I mean, that 13-3 and year pretty much came out of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing is, I, you know, cousin creeps me out with his lingo, you know, and his, uh, you know, making his graduation speech to how would he like to sit through that one tough times don't last State. tough people do yes that, the rocks until crap, the grave dies all that's you know and he goes over and meets with pj and all that nonsense but he's an asset he's an asset i still believe he's an asset if you can get over the idea he's making 28 million dollars he's an asset he's a he's a top 10 12 quarterback certainly the best one they've had around here and so damn much better than your pal Teddy, who couldn't throw the ball out of the room and had the worst feet of all time. His way to avoid traffic was to back up and run backwards and get sacked and throw a duck someplace. He's There's no comparison between Cousins and Teddy. And again, 
All you morons who would want Teddy back instead of Cousins are crazy. He's not he's not top five or six, but he's he's a quarterback you can go to the Super Bowl with. If the, now it'd be a bad mistake to let Rudolph go because as as I was talking to Collar, uh, you don't want to be taking weapons away from him. You know who'd love mm. Teddy? Who Matthew? Matthew Collar yeah, thinks yeah. Teddy is that's you know, whenever I think he really knows football, then I remember how much he loved Teddy. So uh, anyway, <laughs> he does. But uh, anyhow, uh, I think that uh, Cousins is an asset, and they can win with him, and they're probably going to go eleven and five and go back to the playoffs and. Uh, you know, here's the problem, though. Now, the Bears, the, luckily, the Lions are terrible. Yes. And the Packers had a horrible draft. So the Vikings are still the second best team in the division. The, the, they can win the division depending on Trubisky. If, I think Trubisky's really got a chance to be awful good. And if he steps up and becomes the best quarterback in the division, then you got to need. Well, he won't be better than Rodgers, but Rodgers. I think is, the Packers are going to. Rodgers is on a bad team. Very good. Really? I think they're going to be very based good. based on what? Based on they the just fact had this a god awful draft. <laughs> based on on the fact that they signed a couple players uh, as free agents on defense who are going to be good, but based solely on the fact they're going to have a coach come in and say, "Aaron, what do you want to do?" Yeah. And Aaron, Aaron, who is a petulant, you know what? I think is going to have a huge year. I don't like what the Packers did in the draft, but I do like what they did in free agency. They went and got some pass rushers. And Riley Reef and Brian O'Neill better they better be ready to go because they're gonna have to go up against Khalil Mack twice a year and they're gonna have to go up against the Smith the Smith boys in Green Bay a couple of times. Uh, I think a year from now we'll be singing the praises of Kirk Cousins and saying, Boy, it's great that he took us to the uh Look at you. second round of the playoffs. I think the Vikings are it's the NFL, man. Everything's That's parody. sort of an FM take on the AM dial, Pat. Yeah, I know it is, and I feel bad about it uh, because, uh, you know, I, I've tried to You feel bad about it. a positive take on the Especially Vikings. Especially on the Vikings, you know. As, as You know, for years I've had people come out to me and say, boy, I love the Vikings, and I say... That's because you never met him. <laughs> 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 Although this bunch is... You, you get so little access yeah. to them now you that no you idea. don't know if they're good guys. It's not like the good old it's days. It's not like the good old days when you could walk in there and Scott could tell you to go um, go have relations with a horse or something. <laughs> what, was the term, what was the term that, that they used back then? It was something checker. I can't say the. I probably can't say this, but it began with a P. Yeah, They'd be yeah. like, here come the blank yeah, checkers. Yeah, yes, that's right. Keep your eyes up. Yeah. Yeah, what was your what was your forty one donut story? That, that was Brzezinski. Your, no wait. No, but you, you said like that was your favorite moment. Oh of, yeah, a top five moment in NFL in Viking in sports history. I got number one is ninety one. I like that better. Number two is eighty seven. Twins, you know. Okay. Five top five. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number three is uh, yeah. I think I've said from being a kid. <laughs> The Gopher Iowa football game in 1960. Yep. Number four, Denny walking off the field after 41 donuts. I think was probably number four. That was. Uh, How about the Gary was, miss in '98? I thought that. No, that was you know that team was. Hey, we were gonna we were going to go cover the Super Bowl, the station, and stay on the Hubbard boat. I was rooting. Are you for serious? Gary. Yeah, <laughs> I was rooting Whoa. for Gary. Yeah, I was rooting for Gary. So, anyway. Plus Gary, poor Gary. Yeah, that was yeah. 
what was it, Schultzy? You stole my favorite story. Gary Schultzenberg was a producer for Joe Schmidt and the first day of camp and they're coming back and the cars are pulling up and Schmidty's talking to somebody else and he says, Schultzy, get Anderson, get Anderson. Anderson's left foot is on the pavement, but his right foot is not yet on the pavement. And Schultz, he says, have you gotten over missing that field ball yet? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. Oh, goodness. You guys have the Twins, number one. You believe what you're seeing here. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I believe what I'm seeing is, is that they got the hires right. I think Falvey and Levine, and, I, and now I think we know... Paul Molitor was fine, but I think we know why he got fired. They wanted a guy like Baldelli who fits in with their <laughs> with what they do. And never say anything. Yeah, well, they, but that's gonna, what they wanted. I mean, Paul would listen. Paul listened, yes. but I think Paul listened because he had to. Yeah, and I don't think Rocco Paul, listens because he wants because he wants to. Yeah. yeah, but I but I do believe that they've got this right now. And that with all these behind the scenes people that they've added that they don't announce and all that good stuff. I think the Twins are now modernized to, to a point of being competitive for a while. And their prospect pool, not just for 2019, but beyond now, their prospect pool of players coming up is pretty good. I think they got a chance to be competitive for the duration of the period that you threw out the start of the show. Okay. How about you, Manny? You I had the, the Twins number one, too. I have the Twins number one for one major reason. One thing that separates them, I think, from the other three teams. They don't have any bad contracts on their roster. Uh, yeah, that's. They I don't have any. They don't have a twenty-eight million dollar. Yeah, they Joe's don't. Gone. They don't. There's nobody in that roster. No twenty-three where you million say, dollar contract. They, there's nobody on that roster where you look and say, "Gosh, wish he wasn't making this <laughs> this amount of money." I mean, every you know, all of those contracts that they've had in the past are they're in the past now, and they've got they've got team control on guys, and they've got you know they've invested in Polanco, gave him a nice deal. That's team friendly and he's producing it, it, right now. Well, here's the deal about him. If you'll take what they offer you, you can have it. But if you're to, like obviously they tried to sell sign Rosario and Barrios mm-hmm. and they didn't they didn't there's a certain limit they're going to go to. It's going to be interesting to see if Barrios goes 21 and 4 if they sign him or something. You know what if they're willing to pay his freight freight or stuff. I guess here's my only problem is I look and I, I hear about their farm system, but you hear about their farm system forever. I was trying to think of who who are they going to call up for a starting pitcher. They don't have one in Rochester. They don't really have one. Devin Smeltzer, who was a throw-in in the Dodger trade, is their best minor league pitcher right now. They got Gratterall in A, but they got one down there. They got And anybody who's A or below... You know, you, you don't know. So I don't think they're loaded up like people think they are. Kirilov, Royce Lewis, they got three or four other guys. I just, my feeling is that uh, we we have no idea if this is a real good team right now or not. We It's too early in the year. And uh, the pitching, they got a lot of development to do when it comes to pitching, in my opinion. They got a lot of you know, as far as the future is concerned here. They got a lot of pitching development to do. And uh, I don't know. Plus, they, they, they do have the – Manny made a good point. They have the advantage of no bad contracts. And they Boys, also – they dodge a bullet on you, they, Darvish. And they have it. Here's the other advantage that they might have is uh, uh, the White Sox 
who are the one team I see in the division with the young, they seem to be getting knocked back again this year. They got injuries and stuff like that. So I, I thought by next year, the whiteys might be a really good team replacing the Indians, but it doesn't look like that. So the AL central is certainly a treat uh, for sure. But I just, I, I, I think it's harder in baseball. And uh, that's, I guess, that's the reason I'm, I'm not. I'm do you not trust these guys? Do, do you think these oh, guys are on the right track? You know what? They they can improve people. The one thing they have is, you know, football has always been able to improve people. You know, you improve techniques and stuff. Mm-hmm. Baseball, by the time they got to the big leagues, it was hard to improve people. But they, I think, they can improve guys. So they certainly. Uh, go about it differently. The good thing is we got Falvey to stop using the word collaborative, so we're all happy about that. That's because Rosas stole it. Yeah, he well, took it from him. No, uh, <laughs> Arm it's wrestle. because Levine and everybody else gave him a hard time about how often he said it. But uh, <laughs> I guess so. I just think that it's uh, easier for the uh, Vikings to proceed uh, than it is for a baseball team. You know, to be successful. Right. I don't know if winning the division with eighty-four wins, eighty-five wins is going to be seen as a great sign of progress. But we'll see. Anyway. Last thing for you. Who's the character left in, in this town now? The Twins are corporate. The Wolves are going to be corporate with Gerson for sure. Boudreaux is the closest. Boudreaux, yeah. I think you're He's right. He's the closest. And, I don't, and he probably and won't be. Way, yeah. He's got to be gone by Christmas. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> so, I think you're right. Yeah. I guess, I don't know Fenton yet, but I guess. Oh, uh, no, 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 I guess no. he's as far removed from character as you can get. He, he don't want to be no. your pal, Pat. All right. Well, that's how we rate him. Number one, Twins. Number two, Vikings. Number three, Wolves. Number four, Wild. I hope you're embarrassed over there in St. Paul, man, to be at the bottom of this list. Who's going to have the most success between now and 2021-22? That was it. That was the uh, racy unchanged. 